0: today comes from Matthew, Matthew 14, verses 22 through 26. And I want to tell you what comes before this. Jesus' cousin John has been beheaded by Herod, and he goes off And he tries to go to a solitary place, Jesus does, but all these crowds follow him and he ends up teaching them and feeding them. And then he gets really tired after he dismisses the crowds and he wants to be by himself and he tells the disciples to go on ahead of him. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against them. During the fourth watch of the night, this is between three and six in the morning, which means it's really, really dark. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out with fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter you got to remember, it's in the middle of the storm. Peter gets out of the boat, walks on the water, and comes towards Jesus. But when Peter sees the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught Peter. You of little faith, why did you doubt? Doubt there means vacillate, to go from position to position. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down, then those who were in the boat with Jesus worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret, and when the people of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let them to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. This is God's word. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. So, I need a volunteer. (laughs) Will you come be a volunteer? You can come be a volunteer. Both of you can come be a volunteer. So I'm going to tell you, and then I'll show you what to do, okay? So, when I was a younger woman... I took a bunch of kids with some other adults on a ropes course. Anybody know what a ropes course is? It's an an obstacle course, but it's like a few, like like 50 feet off the ground, and, and you have a harness, so if you fall, you don't kill yourself. Yes, it's an obstacle course, and it is used for team building, and there are all kinds of challenges. Now, the one I went to is different from the one you went to. Anybody else been on one? Okay, several of you. Well, the one I went on to, um, one of the challenges was that we had a group of 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds, and one person had to get to the top of the pole, which at least was 15 feet tall. And nobody could do it until... They started making a human pyramid and standing on each other's shoulders and finally hoisted the tiniest girl up, and she climbed to the top. Now, there was another obstacle course, and this was sort of pretend there were steps. So you've got to pretend you're on like a stone. You want to get on a stone. All right, and this is a big jump here, and you have to get across the stones without falling in the water where the alligators will eat you. Of course, the alligators were imaginary. Exactly, exactly like that. Um, so if I'm jumping, I'm going to jump to you, and you're going to hold me steady, okay? You ready? Okay. Save me. Ah! Okay. That, oh, you're going to knock me over here on the alligators. That's enough. <laughs> and the final one was called a truss fall. And you had to stand on the hood of this monster truck, which was about up here. Now, my young people and the youth group formed two lines facing each other. You gotta take your hands out of your pocket. And you had to grab each other's arms, now the other one, do it that way. That's right. So there was a line of of young people about this size. And it was my turn. To fall backwards. You may sit down now. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. So there were probably eight to ten youths. There was one other adult. And I looked at how big I was. And I looked at how big they were. And none of them had been pumping iron. In fact, they were a variety of sizes about that. And I have to admit that at that moment, I faltered. I wavered. I did not believe they would catch me. But they said, come on, Rosalind, you can do it. Come on, Roz, don't be afraid. So I fell backwards. Now, I have to admit that the line gave way a good bit when I hit. However, they kept their arms together, and so they managed to get me from falling on the ground about right here, about two feet off the ground. It was wonderful that we did that. Wonderful. I don't want to do it again, though. (laughs) So Jesus is all tuckered out in this story. He's really had it. He's been around people too long. He goes out, and he wants to pray all night. He wants to reconnect with God, gain some strength, and he sends the disciples on. And out on the sea, this storm whips up, and it whips up with such violence because there are hills on either side, which makes a tunnel effect. And so the waves are really, really high. The disciples are not having a good time of it with the wind. They're trying to row against the shore, to the shore. And then when it's dead dark, the wind is high, the waves are swamping the boat. Jesus comes walking across the water, and they're even more scared. In fact, they're terrified. They're terrified and think that Jesus is a ghost. So they probably look a little like this. They're absolutely terrified. And Jesus, using the words of angels and prophets all throughout time, says, Do not fear. And, in fact, he says, it is I, which is how God describes God's self in Exodus. Now, so there's this scene going on. We can hardly imagine it, you know. And often it's become a metaphor for how the church is. We're just scared in the boats on the storm of life, right? There's all kinds of things hitting and slapping at us and tearing us down. You know, there may be the people who make our lives miserable, There may be the work that is so hard to stay on top of. There may be the family issues that really bring us down. There may be the bullies at school. There may be the mountain of homework and feeling like you'll never get through it. But it's also an image for the church because the church lives in a world that doesn't welcome Jesus that it's hard to be a Christian in the world. And it's hard to hold on. And Peter says, if it is you, Lord, if it is you, not, hi, Jesus, I see you. If it is you, I want some sign here. I want some proof here. Command me to walk on the water. And Jesus says, come. Now, the problem is that when... Peter steps out and starts to walk on the water. He sees the winds and the wave, and he's a bit like Wiley e. Coyote. <laughs> he goes, oh, no, what have I done? Because he sees the winds and the waves, and he takes his eyes off of Jesus. He takes his eyes off of Jesus, which is what we do. We get anxious. We wonder if Jesus is real because sometimes he's only a ghostly figure. Sometimes we wonder if God is in the midst of this troubled world at all when all we hear is bad news. And sometimes we doubt our own ability to love others as God loves us or to even love ourselves. And sometimes we'll say, yes, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. I'm going to walk the disciples' way. And then we don't speak up. We don't speak up for Jesus. We don't tell each other about what's so wonderful about faith or what's so wonderful about our church or just what's so wonderful about God. We kind of forget Or we're in an ethical dilemma, and we wonder, we waver. And we don't do the right thing because, frankly, it would hurt us. And so we take a step, and we realize we're sinking. We're sinking. And then Peter says, oh, Lord, save me. I love this picture. You see how desperate Peter looks? You know, there are days when I feel desperate to see Jesus. There are times when I think about Peter and I feel so much like him. I just want to grab hold of him. I want Jesus to lift me up and away right then. I want to be in Christ's presence. I want to know that he is there amid all the stuff that's going on. And I feel desperate. Of course, Jesus pops up when Jesus wants to, not usually on demand. And then when he starts to sink, Jesus says, you little faith, why did you doubt? And people give Peter a really hard time. But you know, I wish the world were full of Peters. I wish they were all over the place, willing to step out and risk Failure to follow Christ. I wish there were more rash Christians who said, yes, I'm going to make a difference in the world. You know, I'm going to support rapid transit in the city because it's going to get people of all colors and classes out there mixing together and going to things. I'm going to take a stand. Even if I fail. You know, I really am going to go up and make friends with this new person, even though I really don't like doing it. Did you know that about pastors? Sometimes they're introverts and they want to hang back. But whatever it is, I wish there were more like Peter who would risk failure to reach out to Jesus. I hope you will. Amen.